0: All right, Mots, we are back, episode eighty eight of the ring shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go?
1: Let's go. All
0: right, Mots. I know uh you know hockey is back in full effect. I know you were out at a tournament. Let's uh let's recap the weekend and how everything's been going.
1: Yeah, so the U 18 militia team uh, had a little tournament. Um, the junior Thunderbirds. Thunder uh, tournament was held out at UMass. Uh, great facilities out there. The big rank in the practice uh, facility, and we went five and zero. Right, so Ooh. like for me as a coach, you know, I'm out there, and you know, we had you know a split season team. So there's some kids coming from uh, prep schools and whatnot. And I didn't realize that there was going to be like a semis and a finals. I thought it was just a three game set. And the boys did a good job at winning. And uh, we went on to win, you know, five games in a row. And, you know, they got some confidence out of it and played the game the right way when it mattered, which was pretty cool because the approach that we talk about now, you know, like practice time is very important to coach. I don't have these guys in practice. So I told them when it matters, this is what we want to do manage the puck, make him come 200 feet, you know, later in a game, eating pucks, and the boys did it and I was really happy with uh, you know, the outcome, you know, when it mattered. Is really mm. what I can say. Um the uh the side note is my my nephew Lyndon Alger plays for UMass and my nephew Robbie Motto, is out there and my my niece uh, Neely Alger is out there as well, but he came. Uh, Robbie a came. Family to a, reunion, huh? Yeah, Robbie came to a game, brought the boys to the dining hall, and then uh Lyndon Alger was nice enough to bring some of the fellows to uh the hockey house and show them around and
0: awesome, know. show them the ropes.
1: Yeah, I got a text that uh it was okay that they could sleep over, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no I'll, come, I'll come. I'll come pick, I'll you, pick up. you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. But, yeah, uh, U18s, no, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Great uh, weekend uh, overall experience-wise. So it was fun uh, to get out there and you know just play some hockey. So it was it was like a successful weekend all around to see some family and uh, win a few games. What'd you guys get up to?
0: Awesome. That's great. Yeah. We, uh, Friday night, we took a ride out to, to Cushing. Um, you know, my oldest is playing for the, uh, central mass penguins team. So we caught a game there. They played one of those academies. I can't remember the name, but it was good game, good hockey. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's different. Like, you know, they're playing 17 minute periods. They do an ice cut kind of in the middle and, but it was good. It was great to get out there and catch up with, with our oldest. And, uh, and, and, you know, fortunately it's not too bad of a ride. So we went there and a couple games with the the little guys Saturday and Sunday, uh, Brian had another game back at Cushing. So Joanna had to do kind of double, double duty. She went up back up back twice. Um, and then he played actually around here on, on Sunday. So it was good to have him come home for the night and sleep at, at the house and catch up with him and everything. He's really enjoying the, uh, the boarding school experience and, you know the 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 younger guys uh, my terrier's team the the 2011s what did we do we went 2 and 0 had a couple good games and then my uh my own 9s went 1 and 1 we had a tough game on Sunday we were a little dinged up and you know we've talked to a couple people recently and we've banked some interviews about this whole checking thing and so it's the first year check in first year body contact there's just it it's zero consistency with the referees you know, not to pass the, the, the blame on them. And I'm not saying like we lost the game because of the referees by any means, but it's just, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's very frustrating. I would say mm-hmm. like, and, and it's very, it's kind of scary. You know what I mean? Like there's kids that are bigger kids that are hitting puberty that, you know, some kids have mustaches and then there's other kids that are just, they're not there yet. You know what I mean? So I'm just, I don't know what the, the, the right answer is. I know obviously concussions and things like that are huge um, and you don't want them getting younger, but we've had a couple of kids dinged up already, like early in the year. And, and I just think it it's, you know, we talk about awareness and kids, you know, not being held accountable on the ice at a younger age when they're a little bit more like Gumby and everybody's the same size. And there's not one kid that, you know, is looks like he's driving to the rink every day, and you know, another kid that's a, that still looks like a baby, you know what I mean? And it's it just it's very frustrating. I, you know, I know we're, we're beating a dead horse here, but um, it's challenging, it's challenging to coach. It's you know, because there's some plays you look at the kid and they get a penalty, and I'm like, that was a good hit, that was mm-hmm. a that, that's a you know, a great play on the puck, whether it's a, a puck battle or whatever. And then there's other ones that you're like, you know. Hey, it's a penalty. Like that's a clear cut penalty. Your, your hands came up and things like that. I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I was definitely a little bit frustrated by it, and I, I, I really just, I just wish they they started the the body contact and bumping and things like that. I think earlier before this kind of puberty age is hitting. I think that's the, I really do. I really do. That's my that's my take.
1: Yeah, I I went through this a couple of years back, and I I feel your frustration because I went through it, some of the rules that have been implemented, it's unfair for the refs to really enforce. Right. Because the game is the game, and it's very fast. And when you can slow something down on a videotape to teach a ref or whatever, it's easy, you know, slow Mm -hmm. motion. This is what's right and wrong. Things happen very quickly. Separating a player from the puck. So. You're supposed to be making a play on the puck now.
0: Like, yes. Like, no matter yes. what. No matter what. But as a
1: defenseman, we're a defenseman. It's like yeah. you're trying to eliminate the player from carrying the puck. So your body position, your stick position, yes, I get the concept. But it's very difficult for a ref right now, in my opinion, to call the game correctly. Um with like some of these new rules that they want to implement. It's about protecting players. And I get that. But ultimately what you, you mentioned is is about awareness and the responsibility on the puck carrier. Right. So it takes no skill. It takes no skill for you to look over your shoulder and be able to know where a defender is coming. Someone's maybe coming to hit you. And then offensively or, like, you know, say for your team to know where your teammates are. Right. So, like, encouraging that type of stuff just to be aware, to protect, be able to protect if someone's coming at you. It's like those things have kind of gone by the wayside because of the emphasis on the hitter versus the person who has the puck. Right. I don't know. We've talked about it a lot, but I really do feel strongly towards that because – Back in the day, if you went to the middle with your head down, you should get cleaned out. That's yeah. your problem. Right. You know, I, I'm not going on, you know, stick on puck. I want to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like one of those, you know, kind of changes in mentality and helping kids, like, you know, stay healthy enough, stay in the game longer. I get it. But also hockey is a, a physical game. It's a contact sport. And you should be responsible for your own actions.
0: Right. Absolutely, um, great points. We beat it up. I got to beat a couple other things up here. Um, <laughs> now that I'm on my frustrated thing, not being able to ice the puck at U18, U16, my own. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen on the penalty kill. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I so I talked to them. It's, it's dumb. It's I talked a, to <laughs> it's a dumb rule. And 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 then while I'm while I'm on it, and there's a reason why every rink, I talked to a person the other day, I forget what rink they were at. Their game was supposed to start at like 7:30 at night. It didn't start till nine o'clock. Yeah. Because all of these games, injuries, whistles, every time the puck gets iced. It's an auto. It's it's an automatic whistle on the penalty kill. And like you're telling your kids, hey, like the right play on the penalty kill, like you need a change it to change. Just make it hard. Get the thing out. Like get it, get it down there, and we'll take the icing, and I'll put four fresh bodies out there. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's just a, it, it's. It, it, it,
1: yeah, it is frustrating. I I I was in a good the, mood too. I know. Sorry. No, I rattled. I, um, I talked to the refs before every game. I'm like, how do you guys feel? That, the refs don't like it, no. especially at U18. These kids are playing either junior or prep school or high school. They don't play by these rules. No. So now I'm like, now I have to, you know, tell them to, you know, bring the puck back, which these kids are able to do, which is so I get like some of the um, ideas on why they have implemented like at the younger ages it's like come on like like there should be some hybrid but like we've talked about it a bunch but these guys like the refs don't want to call an automatic offside
2: yeah at I u18 mean, you know so
1: no. i we, we we lived it this past weekend i'm like so there was one game where we decided to play just regular high school rules
0: that's and awesome
1: and, you know, the coach, the refs, we're all in agreement. And it was a great game. Yeah. And it, it was probably
0: went by in an hour and 20 minutes like it was supposed to. Less, not not, not three and a half hours.
1: Yes. And the, the first game that we played was almost two and a half hours. Oh. Almost. You know, the, the refs were trying to keep some of these knuckleheads under control, but there were some... You know, real calls that weren't great. And then the offsides and the icings like we were talking about. It led to a long, long game. And we had a yeah. game soon after.
0: And, you know, the kids stayed in their equipment, which is not right. So, oh, anyway. That's not right, especially at U8. And there's nothing. Like, on Sunday morning, I had the second game in the rink. And we're already 20 minutes behind. I'm like, here mm-hmm. we go. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, first game kicked off at 8. i I'm at, I'm at 9. Call it nine twenty and I'm looking at the clock like the Zamboni's not even out there yet. And it's it's already nine twenty. I'm like, all right, so I know my one one twenty game is gonna be three. At least yeah, at least forty five minutes late. Like this okay. is it's it's out of control. It really is. It's uh let's get into some more let's get let into some positive yeah. stuff. Um yeah, it was uh well I guess yeah, so overall frustration on on some rules and i guess we're just seeing it so sorry to to banter like that but uh hey it was great catching up at the golf course the other day we uh yeah. we, we 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 played with andrew ray croft and justin Hani, a couple of our buddies and uh great match great time uh thanks to those guys for taking us out yeah so great always fun to be on the course with some
1: good hockey guys and have some small compete mm-hmm. amongst the group and yeah drive is the best club in your bag brother i know I'm, I'm, you, that's yeah
0: it's so good it wasn't on the 18th hole <laughs> we found it though <laughs> yeah and then i wish i didn't <laughs> i wish no, I but didn't. yeah so
1: so great uh andrew raycroft and uh justin honey both uh really good guys i grew up playing with justin and he has some young players so it was good to talk some really uh quality youth hockey with those guys and you know raise razor has uh, a guy you know Mason on on your team in and out, and uh, the, the twins playing as well with uh, Justin. So they're involved. So it was really good to talk some uh, hockey and just you know kind of like you know just be guys out on the course, just be know. dudes, just be, be dudes, guys being dudes. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was, it great. was so fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, But yeah, we did. We had some big retirement announcements uh, that we got a shout out. Obviously. Uh, you know, Zidane O'Chara, after just an unbelievable career. Uh, you know, obviously you you had the opportunity to play with him, Mott, So you can you can talk to him quickly. Yeah. So getting traded to the bees briefly there. He's such a leader.
1: Um, he doesn't say much per se. So like leadership comes in different forms, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. he did by you know doing. And um, he would just get into the weight room. So, like, if Char is going to the weight room, you kind of have to go in just to do something. It wasn't like a yeah, Yeah. it wasn't a mandatory workout or anything. But like, he just made people better around him, and he cared so much. So uh, we'll put this up on our um, socials. But he his one thousandth game was a uh, in L.A. and. At the end of the season, we lost out uh, to Washington in the playoffs. But the year end, he had a like a nice like shadow box um, of the score sheet, and he took a picture of with it, every single one of his teammates. You know, this is during picture day, mm-hmm. just like him and you know each teammate. And then he made a little you know kind of thing for each teammate, and it was in their stall at the end of the season for wow. for his 1000th game. And I'm That's telling cool. you. Um so we did like a you know, cuts for cause uh the you know, like you shave your head and Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so everyone had kind of shaved heads but I come up to like the B on his jersey. Yeah. It looked like I was like uh make a wish or like camp yeah. for the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you was, were like the little guy that skates out with the flag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: So we'll we'll put that out there and you know it's really cool. It's down in the basement, but we'll pull it out and uh I'll I'll have uh I'll have that out there for our listeners to see. But
0: oh that's awesome. just just like
1: a small little token of his appreciation to his teammates. That's what he did. Um, but beyond that, he's a super person. And I mean, how many games, you know, it's like you know, playoff games. he, he played, you know, so many meaningful minutes though, too. So like his body was always in tune you know to being the best in shape so he was always he was doing like tour de france like legs you know just because but he's a beast and uh one of the nicest people that i've come across in the
0: game so extremely so you pissed them off (laughs) right? (laughs) right right exactly But to your point, I was listening with something to something the other day and it was with um, Matthew Basel and he was talking about Chara and he was like at 45 years old, whether it was like on the ice at practice and like still trying to get better, he was doing it. And, and same thing in the weight room. It was like, you know, he had the same type of story. It was like, yeah, like big Z's in there. He's 45 years old. Like he's old enough to be some of these guys, dads Mm -hmm. and like, you know what else do you do like you have to go do something if you don't like hmm. <laughs> like this guy's you know he's 45 years old like you, you know so like you said that lead by example and you know it's cool to see some of the 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 bruins and a lot of them were at the uh, you know his retirement his one day contract he signed and you know kind of that ultimate leader which is really cool um and you know that's a great story and you know, it's cool that you had the opportunity to play with them obviously um, you know, PK Subban, uh, another guy who had a great career, obviously you remember those battles with the Bruins back in the day. And, and he was just, you know, an electric factory out there, always high energy and jumping around the bench. But he was, you know, an elite, elite, you know, hockey player is a, a, a stud for years. And I think he's got a, you know, a bright future and whatever he wants to get into, whether it's working at ESPN or TNT, or, you know, he's very charismatic and, um, He's always, you know, he's one of those guys too that he's great in the community. He never, you know, you you see him in Boston. He's not afraid to pop down the Erie Pub and you know have a beer with, him, you know, run into Mister Hayes. You know what I mean? Like he's he's that type of kid. So it's pretty uh, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I I love uh, looking back and seeing him as a rookie. He came in and he played with such I don't know. You know, not poise, it was just reckless abandon almost, but like yeah. with such confidence, I'd say would be probably the best way. Backhand, high flip, you know, in the D zone because he could do it. Like he just mm. knew he could do it and he just did it. And the way he just played, he played with his hair on fire a lot and like he was an unlikable player. You know for Bruin's fans because he was very good and he yeah. was very successful against the bees
0: but um he wasn't afraid to throw his body around and things like that either he's a truck yeah
1: out there. G- great skater could time it and wasn't afraid of the contact so I was playing uh in Florida and you know I was late you know getting out of the room and whatnot and and he's blocking out and he gets in his truck and he's like Mott's, right yeah Mott's. And I'm like yeah because you know he's good friends with Sean over our, our boy over yeah Sean. And, yeah and uh we were going to the same place and i I've, I've mentioned this story before but so instead of just driving by and like you know seeing him there like he's like hey' like, hop in let's go <laughs> and you know so we, we get we get over to the restaurant and uh that was the first time I've really met him and uh you know every time I see him after that he's just a very genuine person so
0: yeah
1: and you 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 talk to any of his teammates he cares so much about you know the game and he was very passionate about it and he's a big personality and he's going to do very well outside of hockey like you said but uh his his passion for the game it was very um on display every time he was hit the ice and that's uh that, that's uh, just a something that the the, the kids can really look to you know if you you have that passion for the game you know he did you know it's going to take you a lot further than you know not expressing it like he did so
0: right right no it's great points and obviously not to be outshadowed but uh obviously you know tip of the cap to to you know my brother and Keith obviously uh it was fun being you know along that ride with him and, and watching him And, you know, never in a million years did we think that he was going to have the the career that he had. And um, it's a, you know, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was a fun ride. It was fun to be a part of. And, you know, obviously as a, as a, you know, family and as a brother, as an older brother, it's like, you couldn't be happier for him and, and just very proud. So uh, it was nice to see him kind of, you know, uh, come out the way he came in and just you know laughing and having fun and and things like that so it's it was uh you know good uh good day of retirements i guess and he's you know he's super high oh dude i got a beautiful story (laughs) so he's walking his he's got two dogs so he's walking in his little you know cul-de-sac neighborhood or whatever down florida and some he's like dude some 75 year old lady pulls up to me and she's like hey honey how are you and he's like good he goes how much and he's like for what to you know buddy a biscuit or something like what what are we talking about here you know and she's like no to walk the dogs are you a dog walker (laughs) that's unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) and he's like no but i just retired like maybe i should look into it you know (laughs) there's a business hey he can start a business i'm like i'm like that's a perfect like okay wise um I go, KY's dog walking company, we don't we don't dump up shit in other people's barrels. That could be your model. Remember he talked about that? <laughs> yeah, <forever>? I know. <laughs> oh, oh, so yeah. there you go. He's already on to the next chapter. He's a professional dog walker. I go, dude, we got to get you like, you see him in salty and stuff all the time. They get like, they they're they get like name tags. They get dog walker on the back. Oh, I'm really? like, dude, those people are killing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's big time. Yeah, he, he would love that, I think. Dude, it'd be hilarious. I go, the problem is, I go, this poor lady, she's going to be, you know, whatever. I go, you're going to get stuck with the dog when she passes away or something. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to end up having, you're going to have a dog farm down there. <laughs> he has the room.
1: Be yeah. Fine. seriously. Yeah. No, so <laughs> that's, that's amazing.
0: Dude, It is cl- like, it is so fitting that it was today, like just classic. You know what I mean? How, How much? much? <laughs> He's like, for What? <laughs> like what do you want me to do? Um, you want me to come over or something? What are we talking about? How much for what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But like to, to bring it back to him and his career, like you know we talked about Jar and uh, PK, but uh, so Keith, you know, obviously your brother, but you know a good friend and younger than I when I was when I was playing. But I saw the commitment to like his craft, like so. He could skate and he was willing to put in the work, you know, in the summers and stuff. So when I was, you know, just making it per se, like he was just coming through. And then all of a sudden he goes back to a tap in, like through my feet. And I'm like, man, like, you know, like, like he was leading the rush. And I was like, come on, dude. And then he's like, yeah, you know, I'm lost. Like, yeah, I just, I saw that he, you know, didn't have like the right stick in the right place. You know, I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, just like just busting busting uh, chops but um no to his you know credit we talk about longevity you know and it's a tough game to play he has the iron man active iron man streak right now and to be able to fight through a lot of these you know aches and pains and you know little injuries that can sideline a lot of people Um, It speaks volumes about his character and his work ethic and his toughness, right? Um, You know, he didn't play a crazy physical game like, you know, or get into fights per se, but the toughness comes from inside. And, you know, to be able to play that many games consecutively at the highest level and produce is a real accomplishment. And, And the other thing that I will say is, there's not one person that you come across, and, you know, you can attest to this, about your brother as a teammate. Mm-hmm. And in, we talk about being a good person, first and foremost, and then being the best player you can be. You know, that teammate thing goes into being a good person. And good, bad, and different, you know, the outcomes of the games or your performance or whatever, he was the consummate teammate. Uh, throughout Mm -hmm. his career and there's so many great stories that we have heard and you know that i know of personally and these guys just really gush over him as a teammate and that's one of the things that he should be most proud of and you should be most proud of as a brother so yeah the coolest uh thing i think is you know the iron man is like great but like just to be known as one of the best teammates that some of these guys have ever played with is uh is something that he should always you know hold dear to was uh his heart and you should as uh his brother as well
0: no definitely as a as a big brother and it's funny you say it like you know going through instagram and things like that and people like reposting his retirement thing and everybody's comments like on you know and these are all former teammates some guys like you know they probably hadn't played with Keith in 10 years and it's like the greatest teammate I ever had like the you know like the and like the goats I'm like that those are the things that you know I think make obviously me the most proud and I know my parents and my 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 uh you know our sister Lauren as well like that's the coolest thing like forget about everything else personal statistics games things like that for for current and former teammates to have those type of comments and March, you were the same way. Like that's how, you know, like that's the coolest thing, you know what I mean? Is to have that, that label as a cool teammate. And I know he's doing, you know, he went out and was doing some behind the scenes stuff with the NHL last week. And, you know, he's the same type of way, like whatever he wants to do, maybe it's dog walking, maybe it's getting <laughs> into TV, maybe whatever it may, may be. he'll be, uh, he'll be all set and, uh, and having a lot of fun, you know?
1: No, it's it, it, that's just a testament again to his upbringing and you know the family uh, that he came from. You know, with uh, your family is like just a solid group. So everyone should be proud. Ky should be proud of his accomplishments. i you know, he's very selfless. So in time, he'll look back and and know that he did you know the best that he could do and uh, and really enjoy it. You know, with the girls, but ultimately uh, the best teammate you know is one of the biggest and highest compliments that you can have and that's what uh is the common thread throughout through all all three
0: of those guys yes so right no that's so that's
1: great stuff so uh congrats ky and best of luck with the dog walking
0: (laughs) well now that he's retired uh he's gonna have to find a place to shop for his own gear so we'll tell him to head on uh up to uh salem and see our guys at tsr hockey a quick plane flight from uh south florida that's for sure get your team looking great for the first game the tsr team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with the top brands and sports apparel ensure that your team looks the best by visiting tsrhockey.com so our boy brendan took care
1: of my uh, so i've been like threatening and like talking about it but ryan went up to tsr brendan took care of him Got a uh, a stick for Brooke, you got the stick, but like Ryan got skates, um, new shoulder pads, new pants,
0: new elbow Dude. pads. Like he, yeah. So he went Dude, all, he went,
1: he he went like he, all he all went out. on a
0: shopping spree. Yeah.
1: So at the um you know, TSR, you know, fitting spot, like he was like, I I didn't know how big my foot was, you know, like and they they customize it to his yeah. foot. And um, you know, again, like he went five and all this weekend so he said the the skates are working well one, one of the reasons but um, absolutely the boys up at TSR will take care of you
0: like they took care of uh my son Ryan awesome awesome uh speaking of somebody that's not too concerned about money and we've been we've been talking NHL but uh it was pretty cool to see Nathan McKinnon get you know what's he the highest paid guy ever in the history of the league now he signed a Eight year, 12 point something million dollar deal. So pretty cool with that. And my question is, like, what does Makar make? Like, when that, I know he just kind of re upped, but like, yeah, when he no, gets I, to that. Like, yeah, but he's,
1: he's set for a bit. So they're wow. going to have those two for yeah, a while. Yeah. But I, I think McKinnon, you know, I mean, winning the cup was a, a really big deal, but like, he is an ultimate competitor. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, he's, he's maturing. As a leader uh, in my opinion like Linda is probably the best thing for him because right. he kind of like tempers his like crazy fire. ultra yeah fire but you know again I'm not in on the on the know or on the inside this is just from what I see but that guy is an electric and he wants to win and he's gonna hold people accountable in the way that he knows and um, I think Colorado is set up right now to, you know, be in good shape to be competitive for a Stanley Cup for the next five years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They are. Uh Martin, big like prep school news here. We had uh around the, you know, your old stomping grounds, and you're obviously a vested community member over there. But Tony Amonte, who's been a longtime coach at their academy, um, he's departing. He's going to another job. And Mots. I mean, I know I've been getting the question posed quite a bit, but are you throwing your name in the in the in the ring there to to potentially be the next head coach or what?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely uh, am throwing my name in the hat. Um, Good to yeah. hear. Yeah. No, like I, anyone who knows, like you know me, I I went to their Academy and it was one of the biggest turning points in my life, and I you know, got a great education. It was cool to be smart. We had, you know, challenging courses that, you know, you, it just puts you outside of your comfort level at times, whether you're succeeding or not, you get the help and whatnot. But I, um, I got great coaching from Jack Foley and Kevin Sullivan, and they just developed me as a person and uh, a player. So if I was in that role, I would um absolutely want the kids to experience what I experienced. And that's something that, you know, is invaluable looking back. You know, I met my wife there, you know, all this stuff. Oh like, yeah, that's so cute, right? The CEO. <laughs> She's still yelling at me today.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, she was yelling at me when we were 14. Now we're, you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I would I would absolutely love to uh provide that kind of influence at an impressionable time for these kids and you know win some games along the way but some uh, some really important things that we always talk about here um, you know, just apply to your coaching philosophy and yes I am putting my name on the hat and hopefully things shake out in the uh in that way but we'll see what happens it's going to be uh you know a process but we'll I'll keep you
0: updated How's that? Yeah. All right. Well, you got my vote. You know that obviously, <laughs> and I know what you can provide. And like you said, you know, creating that culture that you know y- you do, and 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 everything you've learned along the way. And like you said, you've you know that you know Thera Academy did a lot for you in your career. And I think you know it's it's time for you to return the favor, right? And and you can have that great influence on these young kids, like you said, at impressive at a very impressionable time, and what it's like to be part of a team and culture and things like that. So. I uh, I hope to see it, buddy, and uh, we'll be we'll be thinking of it, and you know we'll be uh, getting the we'll be getting the Twitter polls going, mots for the for the fair job. If we need to get signs out front, we'll, uh, we'll do it. <laughs> Little know. petitions, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll fly you the neighborhood. I'm gonna yeah, go, I'll, I'll go to the school the other day and start uh, next week and start throwing some flyers on all the teachers' cars and stuff. You know, mots. it would be like mots for Hobie, but mots for Thayer
1: love it thank you
0: yeah (laughs) awesome uh but one thing that i definitely know you wouldn't be doing if you were coaching it there is paying uh your kids for goals points etc like we, we we had a recent post on instagram but what was that um is that like that's that's wild yeah that
1: that's one of the things that i disagree with like even when we were growing up when i was growing up like i heard some some nonsense like that i'm like are you kidding me like so you want to be a hun because you have to score a goal and you get maybe like two dollars or something like that it's like when we're young young i heard something along the lines that this uh player that i was coaching um got a couple bucks if she had scored Mm. and I need to talk to the dad, and uh, make sure that that wasn't the case. But I'll keep you updated on that. Yeah. Well, but I'm going to go through it awesome. for
0: anybody that didn't see it. No, so it was it was a 2022-23 accountability contract. Anybody that's in you know not on Instagram and stuff like that, you know, I so and so agree to this contract for the 2022-23 season. I will be re- rewarded as such, twenty dollars per goal. $10 per assist, $5 per effort play, back check, hustle play, good check. There will be no modifications of this contract, and all money will be payable at the end of the season. Obviously, the guy's not too worried about having to shell out a lot of dough, I guess. huh? Uh, bonus money will be as such. Blank, oh, that's black, will be re- 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 rewarded money. Yeah, as following, sorry. Twenty dollars per game that he is not on the ice for any goals. Ten dollars per game that is plus minus is a positive. Twenty dollars per game that excludes for ex- something about leadership and sportsmanship. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah, uh, a game that yeah uh, the, the the kid uh, is a leader. Exudes exudes Exude. leadership yeah.
1: and sportsmanship, and it's mm-hmm. signed by the kid. I mean, Ugh. I mean, come on, man. It's like that yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. All right. So I, I'm guessing the kids are forward and you know, goals are valued more than assists. I mean, if this contract and I had to sign this contract, like just say I was, you know, you have no choice as a kid, but like maybe the kid is listening and he's like, ah, eh. you know, who cares yeah. about but like that's not what's gonna happen he's already in this environment so I would love you know 20 bucks per assist yeah second right. assist I'll be you know just throwing apples Gobbling from them up yeah yeah an apple orchard but it, I think this is completely ridiculous and um it, there's no place in the game for that this is a very uh, negative reinforcement you know through like through money which is absolutely the wrong um ideals and the wrong messages you want to send to anyone you know again like th- this could be a pro contract that would be great you know right, right. but th- these are uh, young kids that are still trying to learn the game and kind of learn the the, the right way to like conduct themselves on and off the ice so so Absolutely. Of the, so disagree. the
0: kids, so the kids bombing down the ice. He's got an empty netter, right? He's got an opportunity to to pass the puck and be a great teammate mm-hmm. and dish it over to his boy. And he's like, he's losing
1: ten bucks. This is going to cost that.
0: me ten bucks. So yeah. instead of making this guy around me better, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shoot it in myself. So parents, huge no no. Kids, if your parents are doing this to I you, I just want to say, loses, loses. It's, it's complete Sorry. nonsense. Nonsense. Sorry. Absolute nonsense. I I got so many fired up text messages today from people like legitimately angry about this. I know. Like angry, uh, which I agree with. But we, uh, before we get to our interview with Chris Wagner, I'd let, I'll, I'll let you know that this interview is brought to you by Franklin Sports, your home for official NHL fan gear and merchandise. Hockey season is here. Gear up with officially licensed NHL fan shop items and street hockey equipment at franklinsports.com today.
1: Yeah, you can get all your Franklin Sports equipment, including your batting gloves. And actually, I got this nice little golf glove that uh, BY was like giving me a little hard time on when I was winning some money from him on the golf (laughs) course. I
0: sniped a pic, though. We'll get it posted. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so check out uh, franklinsports.com and um, grab all your Franklin gear, whether it be Franklin street hockey, batting gloves, or if you want to win on the golf course, (laughs) a nice little golf glove.
0: All right, now I think it's time we bring on uh, our boy Chris Wagner. Obviously, this is a great interview with him, and hopefully, you guys enjoy. (laughs) All right. And our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast was drafted in the fifth round, number 122 overall by the Anaheim Ducks. He's a veteran of 359 NHL games. He's a current player on the Boston Bruins. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Wagner.
2: Thanks for having me, boys. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Still
0: for Just dodging
2: beat me at the Fallon. That's why I haven't
1: joined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. Some scars, some deep cuts uh, made on the golf course. But. Appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, schedule here, bro- brother. And uh, we know uh, you're ready to gear it up for the uh, training camp. So appreciate you taking the time.
2: Yeah, no problem. Gotta get to bed soon, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Wags, I mean, you brought it up, so we might as well just lead off with just me, you know, waxing the floor with you last summer in the Fallon Cup. Obviously, you know, you're you're a guy that in the off season you're doing a lot of training, but also on your off days and you know after you work out you're, you're doing a lot of golf and then you have a guy like me who's you know married kids work all that stuff and just comes in and just just you know wipes the floor with you what, what's your reaction to it
2: um you know you get into the first flight at the fallon so you generally think you're going to be playing you know single digit handicaps and guys who are you know sub five i think my partner was a was a zero at the time and then I run into you and Kenny McDonough who I think Kenny at the time was an eight. You might've been like an 11 or something. Mm. I believe Kenny shot 38 on the front as an eight. So that put us in the hole. And then B.Y. comes in on the back, probably straight off the streets of Boston. Uh, <laughs> and I think you shot like 39. You didn't miss a fairway from 10 through 15, just fairway green two putt. And, uh, you know when you lose the first day at the fallon you're never in a good mood and i don't want to talk to anybody i guess that lasted two years so here we are now <laughs>
0: exactly i mean <laughs> exactly that's a uh it's a great point it was a fun day either way and you just gotta you know kenny knows how to pick his partner he knows me once i get heated up and going i can i can dial it in you know what i mean i might not get the reps but you know, and there might be some bad days thrown in there, but you know, when when you're feeling yeah. it, you're feeling it. Maybe you guys were just a little too loosey goosey, and Kenny was
2: a little too intimidating for you guys too. Nah, uh, uh, yeah, Kenny can pick his partners. He knows who to, who can drink beers. Be <laughs> <laughs> wise, top of that list, especially now on weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, we we lost on Friday this year too. We were in the champ fight, but we we have a me and Joe have a, a tough streak going of losing on Fridays.
0: Yeah, tell Joe. I mean, he, I mean, Mott's is available next year if you want to bring him, that yeah. he, he, he'll give you that, that high handicap. Yeah.
1: yeah. Get my, my, uh, bullpen jacket on always, you know, just whether it be weddings, last minute golf, uh, invites, you know, yeah. it does, it doesn't matter
2: every single monday you're at a charity tournament yeah, probably get paid for sneaky stuff.
0: hopefully you hit some bonuses this year to pay for that tab if he comes with you <laughs> a
2: couple extra rounds in the playoffs i know right
0: yeah
1: but i, I understand um uh, you know, kind of your mindset going in it's like kind of playing a um you know lower tier team whether it be in college <laughs> or pro yeah, you like you just let your guy down a little bit and Yeah, point night
2: yeah. It was like then, playing like the like the wool, like what was it like back in the day? Or like the uh the lock no like came throughout it was like playing
0: a one. It was like playing Saint Moritz back in the
2: day. Oh yeah. After we got uh Kev to come over, we used to beat them, you know, ten one. Oh,
1: yeah, or, or it was like uh B C playing Colgate. Yeah, I mean, I, I, oh. <laughs> my first year, we only
2: lost 5-3 to them. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, we you also won like four games that year. I know, seriously. <laughs>
1: no, that's awesome. That's great stuff. And, you know, getting out on the course with, you know, some good players. And, I mean, uh, good people and, and playing competitive golf is always fun. But B.Y. is holding that close to, close to his uh, his chest as a okay. a real win. So, yeah, no, that went yeah. on his
2: fridge right after that. for sure. exactly. Oh yeah. No, I got a
0: tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well let's, let's, let's refocus here and, and let's, you know, talk about growing up in Massachusetts. Like when did your you know, passion for the game, when did you fall in love with the game of hockey?
2: Um, yeah, I remember, you know, I, I, I actually remember skating at Ponca Pog, uh, in Canton when I was like three years old. That was the first time I did any organized skating. I played for the, uh, Nord nuggets till i was eight years old played my days there and then my parents actually moved to waffle um, when i was five so um you know i think the last year i played for Nord was, was my first year on the kings 91 kings um and paul bishop was our head coach and then the second year really all changed because we got um a couple of guys to jump ship um to play for our team we got kevin hayes and nola chari um, and that's really when it started getting fun and we started, you know, winning a lot of games, winning a lot of championships. And, um, you know, I was one, you know, hockey wasn't a job. That was just, just pure fun, going to the rink and having a good time with your friends.
1: So as far as like those guys, you know, we've had uh, Noel on um, as far as, you know, a young group with good talent. You know, you, like you said, it wasn't a job. You know like we we talk about like having re- lasting relationships. those guys went on to play. you've gone on to play. Uh, were there any other guys on the team that you still keep in touch with and you know you know still local and um you know those memories of of, of those first few years of of kind of like that success that you had on on the ice
2: um yeah, well i'm um, besides I mean, I'm sitting in Kevin's apartment right now. He, <laughs> gives, he gives it to me for the year uh when he's gone. Um, hey, that's
0: is that is it true that that's to make up for um, him stealing your stuffed animal bluey back in the day? Oh, <laughs>
2: that's some good diving, yeah. No, it's actually to make up for making me sleep over in Dorchester and hearing gunshots when I was like nine years old. <laughs> but, um, hey, you got to yeah. bring the
0: pumpkins inside and to do- yeah, bring yeah, that's for sure.
2: Uh, yeah, you love taking Bluey. That that thing's still sitting on my bed in Walpole, too, which is kind of <laughs> sad as a 31-year-old married person. But, um, yeah, Noli, obviously, uh, we kind of like – you know, like seeing him like five years ago when I signed was like – you know, it was like we talked to each other the 15 prior years um, since we played. But we, I really didn't keep in touch with him that much until we were on the same line. Um, You know, Gus Young – Played in the AHL. Um, I kept in touch with him for a while. Um, Kid Mike Hayes went to Severian with me, um, so I kept in touch with him for a while. But, you know, if you see these, like, random guys, it's funny. Like, you go to South, you see every kid you ever played hockey with. Uh, (laughs) You go to a bar, you walk in or something, you're like, what's up? Yeah, remember when we did this? Remember when we went to Quebec? It's it's all the same, you know, conversation. But it's still fun to see those guys.
0: That's great. Great memories.
1: Yeah, as far as uh growing up in Walpole after 5 years old, we talk about, you know, playing other sports. Did you play other sports growing up? Uh like the transferable skill sets that we talk about when you start focusing in on hockey, but did you play any uh organized sports or any sports with uh the neighborhood kids?
2: Uh yeah. I mean, I I mm-hmm. love football. I always wanted to play it, but it never worked out with hockey. Um and then I <laughs> I went to one lacrosse tryout, and I said that's enough. Uh, but I stuck with I stuck with baseball pretty much throughout the whole thing. Um, I really like baseball was awesome on the small diamond, and then you know I went through like a awkward phase from like thirteen to fifteen and just completely sucked. I think I got I got cut from like the fourteen year old Babe Ruth team, and that was pretty much it. Uh, that last summer, I uh, the fifteen year old group. Uh, a lot of them played AAU so I got caught from the 14 year olds and I played with the 15 year olds which makes completely no sense and we won zero games the whole summer and I said you know what that, that's it for me time to focus to on hockey, hockey. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah well can you talk about obviously like you said playing with Noel and and, and Kevin and obviously you had good teams but like you know what was it like for you? Were you, you know, one of those kids that was always on the on the higher end, or like where did you kind of fit into the back? Because obviously, just for our listeners, it's like you know, not every kid is you know the the dominant guy growing up, and and you know, look at you now. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I uh, no, I mean, Kev was the best player. I mean, even at our age, and he was playing up, um,
0: even though he was we were... thirty pounds overweight.
2: Yeah, he was. He, he literally. We, would go, we couldn't go to Bertucci's with him because they didn't have chicken fingers and fries. He literally only ate chicken fingers and fries from the age of seven to, like, 13. It was embarrassing. But he was <laughs> um, – no, nah, he he was really good. And, then, you know, me and Noli were, were good, but I, I wouldn't say that we were, like – you know, we weren't – I mean, we always thought, like, John Henry on or even, like, Steve Whitney was unbelievable at yeah. our age. Um, he grew when he was 13. He hasn't grown since, though. Um <laughs> And then, but he yeah, he pretty legit
0: of, at BC too.
2: Oh, he was unbelievable. Yeah, I played with him. Oh boy, yeah, I, uh, I played with him in Norfolk too. And mm-hmm. you know, he was still good then. But um, you know, I flew under the radar for most of the time, um, even till you know, even committing to Colgate, I didn't have any offers from. You know, I wanted to go to BC, BU, Harvard, um, Northeast, and told me I could walk on, but it was kind of that path for for most of it. Um, until I had a really good year, my second year in the EJ.
1: Now, were there any um, real big influences, like, early on and then as you went through to uh, Zaverian, you know, as far as, like, coaches, people outside of hockey, you know, some of the coaches that you had that really put a a little stamp on stuff that you still apply to uh, your game today?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, well, shout out my dad because, you know, he was opening doors for, for most of it. And, you know, he had the same, <laughs> like everybody else, he had the silent car ride from, uh, <laughs> from a couple, from a couple games. Um, and then well, my 11 year old um, year, we brought in Steve Cedar Chuck. Uh, he was the coach of BC. So we were gearing up for the Quebec tournament. Um, and, you know, I think that was the first time I saw like any structure in the game um, as far as like X's and O's. He actually tried to, he told me I was going to be a Division One defenseman someday, uh, <laughs> so I played D for like half a year, which you know was fun and a good experience too, because you obviously learned some part of the defensive game. Um, How old were you yeah, that year?
1: Pee P- P- year.
2: I was ele- eleven. Yeah. So then, oh. but then we made the transition back for when we actually had to qualify for the uh, Quebec thing. Yeah, um, we're gonna move then, this guy
0: up front. We need some goals. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think you can actually skate forwards a lot better. Uh, <laughs> And I would just kids would, a liability back then. I was Scott Stevens. I just try to step <laughs> up on everybody and take their heads off. Um and then I had uh and then the the toughest person I probably had when I was younger was I don't know if you guys know him, Mike Munichello. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. Do trust the a, guy. Oh yeah, he's a nutcase, but really good guy, <laughs> and he kind of took care of me from uh, you know 13 to 15. That's great.
0: No, oh, that's awesome. You talked about the, you know, you touched on it kind of quick with your father, but, you know, what was it like at home and what were those car rides like? Were, were you the type that was, you know, was your father giving you a lot of feedback on the rides home or, or was it like, you know, just dad, let me play and, and, and have fun out here. What was that? Do you remember much about it?
2: Um, Well, I, it's, I mean, it's bad, but I guess it's kind of human to, I remember, the, you know, the bad games um which were you know few and far between um and it was more you know if i didn't have a great effort or anything it was never about scoring goals or mm-hmm. um you know points and all that obviously if the team won i was first and then um of my effort and what i could control um but you know I, but he was always more hard on me i i remember vividly you know he he's a funny guy and you know everybody loves him and he would always make Kev laugh and, you know, joke around with him. And I, then if I had a bad shift, I, I'd come back and he'd yell at me. So one day I, I yelled back at him. I was like, you shouldn't be a coach of this team. I was like 12 years old. <laughs> and I felt bad after, but I didn't feel bad enough. Cause then he wrote me an email. He's like, I think it's, my time is up to, to stop coaching you. I think I, I got to let you go. And I remember reading it and just bawling my eyes out. I was like, i thought i want you to be on the bench i was just i was just mad that you were not yelling at kevin you know you were giving him all the attention but you know he had to because he didn't want to you know have his son be the favorite or you know show favoritism like you know some guys guys do and have the other kids get mad at me for that so i was kind of protecting you know a weird sort of way but um yeah you know but he, he was definitely the biggest influence for sure
1: that's great so did they turn into happy tears because he was off the bench? And he, he, uh, he,
2: no, I think he, he stuck it out <laughs> through the moonshaw. No, he did? He? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Can you, uh, you know, can you, you know, just, just carrying on here, can you talk about that uh, experience and what it was like to go to, you know, Zaverian Brothers High School and, and what your experience is like and obviously getting to know the the worst caddy in the league, my cousin, uh, Teddy Amendola. <laughs> So oh, that yeah, yeah. actually I'm that's down. probably the reason why we won the fallon cup was because <laughs> of the, yeah. the fallon cup match i should say is because you know for our listeners mike my, my our cousin mine and my brothers and you know my family so he he's like this six foot six monster who you know caddied at the country club and all that stuff but unfortunately when he gets on wags his bags he he just pretty much just runs up his tab you know
2: yeah that, that that's the Definite. he runs the the tabs. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the tabs as long as him. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Um, yeah, no, he's he's a character. We just more have him for the laughs. He thinks he can read the greens, but uh, he's not that great at it. Um, yeah, so yeah, Severian was great though, obviously. Like Teddy's still one of my best friends, and you know, I met him when I was 14. Um, and a lot most of my close friends are from high school um my wife's brother was on my uh high school hockey team so we, we keep it tight knit um but no Severian was great because you know they obviously they weren't a powerhouse at that time um so i got so i made the jv team right away there wasn't like too much competition like cm and bci you know everybody goes there to play hockey during the time I uh, entered high school. But um, so I played JV my freshman year and then I was playing a couple of games uh, on the varsity. I got to play against Walpole my freshman year. That was kind of the highlight of my, uh, you know, my first couple of years uh, at Severian. And then, you know, my big jump, my first big jump was freshman year, to sophomore year. Um, You know, I made the team my sophomore year and, you know, I had a a really good year. had a ton of goals a ton of points and that's kind of when you know things started getting serious for me with hockey
1: yeah so now i went to a couple of dances there so all boys school <laughs> um so what, what was the sister uh, school was it first? Uh, Line was ice
2: Ursuline. Yeah. yeah but yeah. they shipped all the girls in for those for those dances Dude, they yeah. were they
0: were pretty good back in the day they were no cm dance the cm dances were unbelievable
2: yeah, you probably had to come strapped though. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember,
1: yeah, "Stay Away to Heaven" and the longest song was the last song. And you want to try and like pick out the best Earth's line girl, right?
2: Yeah, the song I remember was, that was closing was the uh, Journey one, the "Don't Stop Believing." Yeah, yeah, but no, yeah. I, I honestly in my freshman and sophomore year, I. I didn't. I, I didn't really hit puberty like that. I, I was just standing in the corner. I was like, "What? What is What's going on? on? <laughs> People making out with each other last night." I'm just sweating on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs>
0: on the sidelines.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. oh, that's great. <laughs> that's
1: good stuff. Uh, yeah, I just, I just remember going there and just a bunch of animals, just you know they would bust the girls in you know and just be like all right you know get out there and you know kind of
2: i would actually love to see what those are like now because they're like there was no rules back then there's like there's got to be better supervision you know (laughs) Um,
1: leave room for the holy spirit
2: yeah Uh, exactly
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, that's 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 phenomenal. Uh, well, you know, obviously you talked about the Tavarian and things like that. When did you make that jump to go play in the, you know, in the Eastern Junior League with the Social Kings? And, you know, what was it, that experience like?
2: Uh, yeah, you should pull in Dave Spinelli for this because you could probably tell it better. But, oh, um, boy.
0: Spindog probably wasn't yeah, too happy.
2: No, he was not happy. We had a end-of-the-year banquet after – my junior year, we um, we went to the Super Eight. That was like the first time Severian went to the Super Eight. We made it to the uh, semis of the you know the D one uh, state championship, and that that was a pretty big deal for Severian. We had a good team, but um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of talk. Like, I'm going to leave and go play for the you know the, the the Kings and the EJ. So at the end of year banquet, you know, he's up there. He's like. He's saying, you know, talking about loyalty and all this. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm gone. There's nothing you say right now that's gonna <laughs> make me stay. Like, I gotta like I gotta keep my career moving forward. And obviously it was the right move um at the time. And me and Spinner you know, real tight now. You know, I went and watched them get drummed in the uh <laughs> in the state finals, but that was an unbelievable run. They've been really good the last couple of years too, and I always I always go uh, back and try to take in a game or two, um, you know, during the year.
1: So when you went to the uh, the Kings, you played with another, you know, teammate Charlie Coyle, leading point scorer on the team. You know, ahead of Ooh, Charlie, but
2: know, captain.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, no, but <laughs> you know, we we can leave that aside, you know, because you know Charlie's a good guy. We we don't want to kind of like beat him up too much, but um, you know. So could you talk to us about like that experience? Meaning, like going from. Um, there's a variant to the Eastern junior league and like the level of competition, kind of like you, you took that jump, you had some success. Uh, can you talk about that? And then also about, you know, some of the, the things you touched on earlier about, you know, that transition or that, that, um, you know, going into college or like that information that you're getting, you know, some walk-ons, you know, some of the offers that you got and your ultimate decision to Colgate.
2: Um, yeah. So my first year was my senior year at high school. Um, that was my actually would have been my like actual draft year, um, so you know I had a decent year. Um, Mike Waller was my coach actually. he won a couple cups with the Canadians, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, yeah. But we and we weren't that we weren't great. We were we were okay, but you know at those EJ games at the time, you know you'd look up in the stands and you know you'd see all the black coats with the you know with the black whatever um notebooks yeah. they have or whatever so um, oh, yeah the
0: leather jackets
2: yeah the leather, yeah. so you knew you were getting exposure um for sure um and colgate showed the most interest right away um actually colgate brown yeah my first official visit was was brown um if i remember correctly but um so then the next year and i used to run around and try to kill everybody like my first year in the ej and i still thought that was cool and wasn't really focused on points or whatever. And then the second year, uh, Scott Harlow took over um, to be the coach. And I remember he watched me in like a summer term and was like, Hey, Wags, why don't we, you know, worry about the puck instead of trying to go through everybody's body. I was like, all right, fine. So, you know, I got named captain of the year or during that summer, Charlie comes, we have a couple other guys coming, We're like, all right, we got a pretty good team. And, um, you know, the second of Puck dropped in that September. Um, everything was going in, you know, great year. Um, and you know, we just had a we had a lot of fun. We had a tight group too. Um, but the whole transition thing, geez, now I'm rambling. Um that's no, all right. Remember my remember, did you guys play in the Beantown classic yep. or whatever? So Colgate was showing I, interest well, he, and it, then it
0: was it wasn't around when we were kids, but we know what you're talking yeah. about.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a showcase where, you know, all the best players or whatever in New England play. And the first year, like after my junior year um, at Severian, I had a pretty good one. And then after my senior year, I completely tore it up. And I'll never forget this too. So after the showcase, Colgate had already offered me a three for four and we were contemplating taking it. And then after the showcase, I was driving with my dad to um go get a passport because i was going on a missions trip and the brad dexter the assistant coach at colgate called him and was like hey we want to offer chris a four, four for four. and i remember he, him just breaking down like because hmm. I, I, I don't know what our money situation was like or what was going on it was like oh wait during the recession right so um and that was my only you know full scholarship offer and i pretty much took it like three days later so um a pretty cool moment Oh, that's
0: yeah. awesome. Can you talk about the? Uh, I mean, that's a great story. Moss, do you have something to add to it? No, because I you just think. There at Alton. I know, I was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I really do appreciate that story only because it's, you know, you're playing hockey, um, you're providing, you know, your parents an out to get a good education and continue your, your hockey career, which is amazing. So that's uh, like the emotion. Emotional side of it for for dad, like that's really, really cool. um You know, I'm just hoping that uh I get that call someday for <laughs> one of my kids. <laughs> yeah, i me too. Don't worry. <laughs> <Exactly. Yeah. laughs> but no, that's great. You know, because you put you know your uh, your your heart and soul into just being the best player you can be, and then you see, you're realizing some of the rewards right you know at that moment. And that was that must have been a really cool feeling to
2: um share with your father. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, your mom and dad, too, you know, they're driving yeah. you around, you know, in mm-hmm. the early mornings. It gets a little better when you get older. But, you know, I'm sure they're sitting through some games that they don't want to be Yeah, But, um, yeah, really cool moment for sure.
1: We'll get back to WAGs in just a second. But let's fir- first talk about Spock Shopping. It's so convenient. $7.99. Dude, like, I'm telling you, like, I shop in Brooks Skates three times over the last month and she loves them so as far as a skate sharpener no mess i can have it on the kitchen counter i can have it in the garage i can have it downstairs um and bring as, it on
0: the road Mots.
1: i know and that's the one thing i was like oh oh at you mess like we were talking about i forgot it i should have oh, had you it you pulled in me no. but but i was lucky that i didn't fall into the trap of the uh the situation that you a dude lost uh, an edge. And I, I was thinking about it on the bench. So it's portable enough, small enough to be portable and just chuck in the back of the truck or the back of the car. So um definitely check out uh the Sparks, seven ninety nine. uh it's It's one of the best deals you can get, in my opinion. No. It's going to pay for yeah. itself in, in no time.
0: Yeah, it's an unbelievable... I mean, like you said, you get that accurate and consistent sharpening every time. And that's what... A couple people have reached out about it and like, is it really worth it? And I'm like, it's so worth it. I go and the first time you go to some, you know, wherever some rank or or some pro shop and they shop in your skates and absolutely butcher them. Mm-hmm. You're going to wish that you had a Spox. And like, it's, you know, what we talked about, it's only $7.99. Uh, use the promo code RINKSHRINKS, uh, all one word, and that will get you 50, uh, 50 bucks off. Super easy. You know, each one of the grinding wheels is 53 skate shoppings you know, again, like do the math on it. It's, it's simple math. You got one, two, three kids playing like me, my house, I got four, basically four pairs of skates that I'm consistently shopping. I, although I should start doing mine a little bit more, but it's uh it, it it's well worth it. And you know, it's, it, it's a huge hit here. So again, promo code rink shrinks, all one word, 50, uh, 50 bucks off. Make sure you take advantage. I know a bunch of people have already, but keep them coming. All right, let's talk about Pro Stock Hockey. Give your kid the pro experience with gear from Pro Stock Hockey with free name personalization on sticks and gloves. Use the code BYMOTS. Pro Stock is trying to do their part in assisting youth hockey players to help ease the burden with the PSH Youth Hockey Scholarship. Recipients will be rewarded $500 to be used towards league fees, equipment, extra ice time, or other related areas. Three winners will be selected for the 2022-23 hockey season, entries will be accepted through September 30th. Again, get so make sure you get those in. And recipients will be selected by October 7th. It's quick and easy to apply. Again, visit ProStockHockey.com slash Youth Hockey Scholarship for more information. And again, Uh, use the code BYMOTS, right, BYMOTS for 20% off your pro stock order, which you can uh, obviously save a bunch of dough on, and MOTS, that stuff looks pretty sick, right? No, it's so so great, and I I love that they're, you know,
1: investing in the youth here and giving that $500, uh, you know, kind of credit towards uh, this scholarship, so Please check out, um, you know, ProStockHockey.com and uh, use the code BYMOTS for 20% off. Really cool stuff. You can check out their website
0: and uh, customize whatever you need. Yeah. Now back to the interview with Chris Wagner. That's awesome. And you talked about the, you know, kind of taking those next steps and obviously getting a scholarship and, 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 you know, kind of dominating, like you said, the Beantown Classic. But what was that, you know, going into the draft and that experience like, and, and ultimately end up getting taken by Anaheim.
2: Um, yeah. I, I never really expected to get drafted to be honest, especially after, you know, I wasn't even ranked on pro scouting my first year. Um, and then I remember being so surprised my, you know, second year of draft eligibility, like the rank, the first rankings came out and I was rated as like a B player. I remember looking at it online and running up and telling my parents, like, hey, it says I'm going to get drafted in the third to fifth round. I was like, the NHL? I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: they're like, drafted
0: where? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, That's man, is there a war? <laughs> yeah, no.
2: But it just shows how much, uh, you know, coil being on that team uh, did for me because NHL scouts were coming to watch him, but I, I was playing pretty good at the time, too. Um so, you know, during that year, I had like all those pre-draft interviews, um, but I, you know, I went from, I think I was like 187 during the, like the December ratings to like 130, um, you know, when the next rankings came out. So I thought I had a pretty good chance. I actually, I think I I met with Boston with Charlie, um, so I was kind of hoping that, that they would pick me Then I thought I was going to go in the fourth or fifth round and. The fourth round went by, and I was sitting in my house and waffle with a bunch of people. And then um, Scott Harlow's son, Matt, called me because he was at the draft uh, with Charlie and told me uh, Anaheim had picked me. And I remember my mom's face. She's like, Anaheim, like, so far. Like, <laughs> I was like, Mom, I'm not, I'm not going anytime soon. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it all it, it really did work out um, getting picked by Anaheim. I had a blast there.
1: it's a great feeling to be drafted and so like you said you were at home with some people just kind of like thinking that you'll get a call and uh yeah your buddy calls you to let you know
2: yeah and then you get the (laughs) call and then well and it was commercial during the tv uh, when they were when they were airing it so like we watched chuck get picked on friday night and then saturday they're like they kind of start just rolling through the picks um and you just see it come across the ticker and then it goes to commercial break and you know, uh, Maddie called me, um, and then you get the call from, you know, um, I got the call from like Bob Murray, you know, yeah. congratulations. And, um, you know, that was, that was a cool night. Cause I, you know, we had like, you know, 40, 50 people over and thank God I got drafted and just come <laughs> over to, to hang out. Right. But, um, yeah, get that and hung out with my friends yeah, out and tried to soak it all in.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Can you talk about, um, and this is a little like, but we've gotten some questions about this. Can you talk about like when you, you know, started working with like a family advisor or, you know, agent, whatever it is, and and what that kind of process was like and what they kind of helped guide you through. Just, we've gotten a lot of mailbag kind of questions about it. And I think it'd be, you know, just good to hear an actual NHL players answer and not, uh, you know, current NHL players uh, answer. Mott's obviously can speak to it on his behalf, but. Yeah,
2: I think uh, it was after that. Um, Bean Town Classic, the one I had the really good uh, year at. Um, yeah, Al Santilli, um, really good guy. Uh, I think he worked for like Newport at the time. Um, but you know, he like he would just guide me. He would, he was never you know really that involved. And and like I said, he my family trusted him, and he was a good guy because I'm sure some of these guys are looking out for themselves. But um, you know, he was awesome. Just helped me you know, whatever you need at Colgate, you know, to do this or, um, you know, whatever, Um, bounce some things off them, you know, even (laughs) at Colgate, after my first year, we sucked. And I was like, I kind of wanted to get out. And, you know, I had an offer to go to the queue. And, you know, we talked back and forth. And he was like, you know, I think you'd stay in school. My parents wanted me to stay in school. And, you know, it ultimately being the right decision. But, as far as leaning on those guys when you're 17 or 18, you don't you don't really need them um, mm-hmm. unless you're you know a high pick or whatever. You, if you know enough people and you know you have a good family, I'm sure most people can figure it out by themselves.
0: That's a good
1: answer. Yeah, 11 yeah. wins will make you think about uh, other options.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, real real quick. And yeah. and I think uh, four of those were I mean, actually six of those were from. Late February to the first two rounds in March, so, so you got
1: hot. You got hot.
2: We <laughs> did get hot. We beat the we beat five seed RPI, and then we beat the one seed Union, and then I had to go to Atlantic City and play in the ECAC uh, semis. Which God knows why those were in Atlantic City. It was terrible, We got absolutely crushed. I think too. So uh, not going back there anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: kind of an odd bit, but like, as so, far as the- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what, was the, what was the post team down there, Mott? It's like the boardwalk bullies or something? The bullies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <It's> a great <laughs> kind of man. a cool name, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you spent two years um at Colgate. What was the decision, uh, kind of like the decision-making process when you're kind of finished with your sophomore year? Was Anaheim, you know, extremely, you know, aggressive to try to get you out of school, or was it kind of a mutual thing? Or could you just walk us through that? Kind of like timing uh, your decision making process.
2: Marbles. Yeah, Take the
0: gobstopper out.
2: <laughs> no, my sophomore year, I had I had a really good year, and um, you know they were kind of communicating with me throughout the year. being like you know, um, you know we think this, you know we think you'd be a good player. And at the time, Anaheim was one of those like. You know, like you're going to the AHL for three years, like and there's no coming out till after those three years pretty much, if, unless you're like a high pick, which, you know, I kinda I still agree with kind of to this day for a lot of guys, but um, but no, I had you know, I had what I have like fifty points my sophomore year and um you had a really good line. My line mate, Austin Smith almost won the whole should have won the Hobie probably. You know, he had like sixty points and like forty goals or something. Who won? Um, Jack Conley, like 20 and 40. It's because of the big schools. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't give enough respect to Colgate. Mots, right. did you get a vote at that time? I
1: didn't have a vote then. I was still a playing guy.
2: All right,
0: yeah. all right. I didn't know what the rules were. I didn't know, <laughs> oh, asking. you get a vote? I know you, of course he does.
1: Well, no, oh, I, I, I I've I, had a vote. Uh, you know, they rotated through. I was, I was like, a, there's a former player and then as a scout. So okay. I, th- it rotates through, though. Yeah. So yeah, but I was still playing.
2: I won't yell at you about it.
1: No uh, <laughs> I'll write a no, letter I, though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh so we played Quinn and the first round in the like ECAC playoffs and I had like five and five goals and like an assist in like three games. And I remember like getting in the car with my parents again. A lot of stuff happened in the car, like mm-hmm. you guys say. And we were going over like the bank the food they have after Colgate. I remember like look at my dad I was like I'm probably gonna have to make like a decision soon I'm like whether I'm staying or not and I remember so then you know we went to the um the ECAC semis in Atlantic City again and I think I actually had my mind made up that like I was gonna leave because Anaheim was being aggressive mm-hmm. for me to leave um you know we lost the first game and, you know we went out the after and we talked about it a little bit um, and then they made the official, you know, entry level offer, you know, a couple days later. And that that was really hard, though, because, you know, you work so hard to get that scholarship and go to a really good school. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, what it came down to was my dream was always to be an NHL player. And I thought that was the quickest way to do it. Um, and I never I didn't really think I was going to have a better year than I did um, at Colgate too, um, and develop any more stock was very high, right? Stock was high. So you gotta, um, you gotta exactly. sell I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, it turned out to be the, the right decision.
0: No, that's great. Can you, um, you know, can you talk about that, that transition to pro hockey? Obviously, like you said, Anaheim was the type of organization, unless you are, you know, high, high end pick that they're going to, you know, teach you how to be a pro in the minor leagues. Can you kind of talk about those, you know, three years that you you had down there and, and what it was like and, and what the transition was like going from college hockey to, to professional hockey?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd say that was the biggest jump uh, for me, like in my career. Um, yeah, it's just a completely different game, way more structured, a lot scarier. Uh, in the <laughs> AHL at that time, they still had some, pretty big goons i think my first line mates were like troy bode and like jay rosehill or something um those are two scary guys like someone i think i got buried from behind and like rosie fought someone immediately like the first game i played uh but it, it it's it's just different because of the schedule too you're driving around on the bus in the ahl and um you know then you gotta go play the three and threes like you know we still do now um But the whole whole game is so much more structured. You can't cheat the game like you do in college um, at all. You know, face-offs are so important. You don't even realize that um, until you get older. And if you're good at that, you can make a career out of it too, which is, you know, crazy. And you don't think about that um, in high school. And I never really thought about it in college, to be honest, either. So um, just little nuances of the game that you don't think about until you get to the pro level.
1: I think that's really important that you kind of – Touched on a few things, but really situational play, right, Yeah, is more important, you know, because if there's a mistake that happens, it usually ends up in the back of the net, Mm -hmm. whether it be AHL and then obviously in the NHL, it's that much more, you have to be that much more, you know, appropriate with the puck in in those certain areas. But um, as far as being a pro, was there any guy that kind of grabbed you uh, in particular and you know, even, you know, like the minor league guys, like I can talk about Terry Virtue, like really helping me become a better pro. It's like, it is a transition. And uh, was there anyone in particular that really helped you?
2: Uh, Yeah. I, uh, I didn't know really anybody on um, Norfolk at the time. And, um, and it was the lockout year too. So there was like 40 guys down there Mm -hmm. and Kyle Palmieri, pretty much I, I knew him from Boston cause he was training there and I didn't know him that well. And I was like, who am I going to live with? And he bit the bullet and uh, <laughs> lived with me. And we ended up living together for like six summers in a row after that. And he ended up being my wedding too. So,
0: nice. um,
2: you know, he, he kind of taught me like, you know, the mindset of going to the rink every day. And then obviously you know, we, we went out a lot too, because that was kind of still the old school days, I guess, you know, in 2012, 2013, but, um, you know, again, just you know not worry we, you play so many games, you can't get caught up in one um and then you know sulk about that like in college, you only play two games a weekend, and that's all you think about But in a, you know you might be playing four or five in a week, um you gotta keep you know moving forward no matter what happens um you can't worry about you know the the coaches are a lot harder on you um you know, I came in and I had you know fifty points in college, and nobody cares about that when you get into the the AHL and they actually probably look at you and be like, Oh, you're a cocky little kid, uh, who thinks he's all this. And then you're on the fourth line in the AHL and you got to figure out a role that you're going to succeed. And I think that was kind of big for me, especially in that first year. I knew I wasn't after, you know, about four or five games of like, I'm probably not going to be a point guy. Uh, in my, in my pro career, I'm going to have to, you know, kill penalties, take face offs and, uh, be physical. Um, so, yeah, but no, Kyle, I can't thank him enough for rooming with me that year. I think it changed a lot in my pro career.
0: No, that's awesome.
1: great. Now, is there a, is bar Norfolk uh, in the mix there or that piano bar?
2: Uh, which one's that? <laughs> it
1: was down in Norfolk. like So we stayed as a visitor right in that hotel. And it was like yeah. Nor- Norfolk was like this. <laughs> uh, no,
2: I, I, I think that that had to get shut down. But it, we lived on the beach, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, that all the guys lived out there. That was great. Yeah. Right? you know, yeah. Off season,
2: it was awesome. They had great golf. Um, we went to. Did you ever go to Chicks Monty? They had like the orange crushes or whatever. No, but I know. They, they all, they all love those things down there. They're gross. <laughs> yeah, let They're one. gross. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh that's great yeah we would go down there as when I was in the miners and stay in that one spot there was like this club and there was a piano bar like with dueling pianos oh, so yeah. was like, you know walking distance back to the hotel so it was great for us yeah and you played at the scope right oh yeah
0: yeah sure did yeah that place is a dump yeah
2: that's <laughs> why that's why they're not in the league anymore I <laughs> had yeah, a great time there no, that's awesome
0: can you talk about that you know the the transition obviously getting, you know, what it was like, uh, I think it was your third year, you were kind of, uh, you know, on the on the bubble, you know, making the team out of camp and then, you know, ultimately getting that first call up to play uh, an NHL game.
2: Uh, yeah, I remember, you know, my second year too, I was like, thought I was playing well at the end. I was like, oh, well, why am I not getting called up? Why? Am I? And That's another thing that, you know, I learned at a young age. It's like you, you can't focus on what's going on up top and then sulk down in the AHL and expect to get called up because you think you deserve it. Like, you don't, you probably don't deserve it. And sulking about it, it's not going to do anything. And so going down this year, I was probably like that old salty guy. Oh yeah, man. Like you guys, a <laughs> bunch of cowards, babies. I'm like, just man up, go play the game and see what happens. And then you might get called up. Um, but yeah, I remember my, so my third year, I had a really good camp. I was one of the last ones to get cut whatever i go back i'm gonna have fun i'm gonna play and then the first weekend the first game i had a hat trick and then the next game i had like a goal and fought somebody too and then patty maroon got hurt and i got called up and got to play at the for the at the home opener in anaheim and that was like that was surreal and in anaheim we had like we had such a great room there was an older room too with you know getsy and and Perry, um, you know, Kess was there, Bieska, um, and then I had, like, another guy in my wedding, Cam Fowler, um, you know, so he was, he was like my age, but he felt like he was an older guy because he played from the second he got draft. He was in my draft class in 2010, so it was a good mix of guys, And um, but yeah, that, that jump, I think I played like four and a half minutes, you know, the first night, but you're just happy to be out there for that first game
0: your parents make the trip out sure
2: did my parents uh my brother and uh my cousin so that was good cool. that's that was awesome. really cool
1: so mom didn't mind getting on the plane to go all the way out to anaheim then
2: no she she, she does okay in playing she can't do boats a <laughs> Got boat <it>. person <laughs> uh, but no i i remember like you fly out and you don't know if you're gonna play and you know bruce boudreau really nice guy you know, he knows it's like it might be my first game. Came up to me on in practice the day before the game. It was like, "Hey, you ready?" I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Like, you're playing tomorrow. I was like, "Awesome!" I'm like, thanks, thanks for telling me. So that makes um, it
0: a le- little easier than flying your parents out. And next thing you know, you do warm ups and then you're a healthy yeah.
2: scratch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I got scratched like ten like No, not ten games. Like five games in a row, but. All you care about for that first week is that paycheck bump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The rainy
1: day fund for the summer. Exactly. Uh, Pocket's Uh, a lot uh,
2: heavier at the golf course then. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Well, and then, you know, when you you went through a little bit of a transition period where you, you know, kind of like put on waivers and going down and, you know, ultimately um, was it Colorado picks you up? Like, what was that whole experience like? Obviously being a draft pick of Anaheim and, you know, going through like, you know, paying your dues in the minors. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get, you, you go to the avalanche.
2: Um, Yeah. said so, Jeez. Can't even keep track. So that, that year I got called up The and I went to the conference finals, lost to Chicago. I'm like next year um, made a team out of camp, played nine games, got scratched a couple. And then I, I, I genuinely don't know still to this day if, if Murph knew that I had to go through waivers, um, because I actually I ended up playing that 10th game and I thought he could, he thought, I thought that he thought that he could just send me down and I didn't have to go through waivers, but then I got to San Diego and I'm getting dressed to play the game and Dallas Eakins comes in and is like, Hey, you can't play, like you're on waivers. I was like, Oh, wow, okay, so oh, wow. that was my first stint on waivers and I was like, And waivers is. Not talked about enough, especially if you have the chance of getting clean. Those twenty-four hours, you're sitting there and you're just waiting, like, uh, like maybe I could go here, maybe I could go here, or some. There's some points in my career on waivers. I was like, I hope I clear. Um, it was actually the Colorado when Colorado put me on waivers. I wanted to go back to Anaheim, and Bob Murray told me if I went back on waivers that he would pick me back up, and he actually did. Um, but yeah, that whole year was a whirlwind. So I got picked up by Colorado. Scored my first NHL goal there, like three days later. Um, had a really good couple weeks, and then I got scratched like sixteen games in a row. Um, I had Patty Waugh as a head coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, he was he was no treat. Yeah, <laughs> he, he it's a good Patty Waugh story. He saw the first couple of games I don't really play. And then I scored like three goals in like five games, and we're doing like three game skate. Um, a couple of days later, and I'm like standing there as a center, and he's dumping the pucks in. And he goes out of out of the blue. Patty didn't like Chris. Patty likes Chris now, and I'm like, "You talking to me?" <laughs> okay, so he's speaking <laughs>
1: in, in the, the third person. <laughs> I'm,
2: <like, laughs> I'm like, "What are you talking about?" But he was absolutely he, he was he was a lunatic. Um, he, he was, I mean. No, he was a lunatic he, he was just very passionate and wanted to win and you guys could probably tell when you watched him play back in the day um, yeah actually so I got scratched like 16 games in a row too and that year they were having the stadium series um, at course course field in Denver so like every pretty much every time the the guys would get the day off I had to go in and shoot on him because they had an alumni game and he wanted to get ready for it. <laughs>
0: So no he, would, way.
2: He, would, he would suit up and I, I would like have to. So the first couple of times I'm like shooting muffins like at his pads because I don't want to get like scratched again the next day. Like that would have mattered. And so then, then he starts chirping me. He's like, that's all you got? Like you can't shoot the puck hotter? I'm like, I was like, all right. So then I'd start like ripping clappers like at his head and he like <laughs> loved it like and if you You get back in the lineup yeah and if you scored on him and he would be like that's it you're done for the rest of the day um and then he he wouldn't let up another goal like he he was still good like he would also come out to like the top of the you know face-off circle like that's how like that's how they played but um yeah wild experience
0: that's unbelievable. That's so yeah. good. Patty don't like Chris anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: you should have flipped the script on him and be like, hey, Wags isn't happy right now. Wags, <laughs> yeah, no. Wags, Wags wants to be in the lineup.
0: Yeah, Wag, <laughs> Wags isn't happy with Patty right now. I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been shooting on you every day. I know. Um, he,
2: uh, he. yeah, so then, but I, you know, Joe Sackett, like when he sent me, put me back on waivers, he, he was a really nice guy and you could tell that, you know, eventually I felt like they were going to break through. I remember playing with McKinnon uh, or walking him play. <laughs> I didn't want to be on the ice with him because he'd probably yell at you if you did pass him the puck. But um, he he was so good. So talented. Landis God, you know, he was like 25 at that time, you know, really good captain, um, just a overall really good guy. So um, yeah, they're, they're kind of do, especially with the pieces they added.
1: Mm. That's uh, actually pretty cool. So as far as um, you know, a couple other spots. You went back to Anaheim, but uh, could you talk about signing with the uh, the Boston Bruins, your hometown team? You know, growing up in Walpole, and um, just kind of, is yeah. that you know, there's one of the things like a lot of guys sometimes don't want to play for their hometown team. There's a little more pressure. Um, what was your kind of thought process through that?
2: Um. Yeah i i i didn't i had a couple of teams i, I had a decent year that year going into free agency and then i got traded to um the islanders kind of unexpectedly i thought i was i was golfing with with uh it was trade deadline day and we're going to pelican hill and i'm going with getsy perry and fowler like i'm safe like and then gets i'll never forget this gets goes to me like right before the teeth time he's like you think you're gonna get traded today i'm like no like no, no golfing chance.
0: with you dude
2: yeah i know exactly. <laughs> i just like, drove you here. best friends on the team yeah. <laughs> uh and then 10 holes in bob murray calls me he's like hey I, I think you're gonna be happy about this i traded you back east i'm like i'm not happy about it actually no um so that that was kind of shocking but uh, i still think gets new about it he was just egging me on um
0: <laughs> he was just trying to get in your kitchen because he wanted yeah. a, he, wanted, he, he, he wanted, wanted to get, a get in your pocket
2: you Yeah, you really needed a couple hundred dollars from me. Like, come on. Um, But yeah, I went there. And then I kind of – I didn't play that well on the island. So, I kind of didn't know how free agency was going to go. And we had a couple, you know, teams um, talking to me. And then once Boston got to a certain, you know, number, and um, and it was more than one year, I told my agent. I was like, just get get this done at all costs. And I remember the one guy – who went through it like, or was going through it at that time was uh, with Jimmy Hayes. And he, I remember being in at EPS that the gym in Foxborough. And I'm like, what do you think, Jim? He's like, dude, they're going to love you. Like, don't even think about what happened to me. Like, just play your game. The fans will love you. You're going to have a great time. Um, and Just enjoy it. And, uh, and that was kind of half the reason I signed. Cause I was a little nervous, but at the end of the day, like, being from Boston, you know, everybody wants to play here. If you grow up here, And I don't care what you say, maybe besides Keith, cause he's too cool for school, but, um, <laughs> everybody else wants, you know, wants to be here. And that's who you grow up watching. And, um, you know, that was another one of the best calls you know I've made to my parents was telling them that I was going to sign here. Cause obviously it was very emotional for them and me too. I was at the end of the Wally driving range, just, you know, sitting there like, like tearing up, and they were bawling. So, um yeah, it was it was pretty cool.
0: Jimmy was like, Wags, so remember how you used to play with the Kings, and you didn't think like you didn't want to touch the puck. You just wanted yeah, to run was people like, through that. the wall." He's like, "Just do that, and you'll be. Yeah. Everybody in Boston will yeah. love you. Block <laughs> yeah. a couple shots, run some people through the boards, and you'll be all set." Yeah,
2: seventh player award. There it is. There it is. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, great advice
0: by Jimmy Hayes, our uh, yeah. our uh friend that we all miss. Yeah, sure. that's
1: yeah, that is so good. Now, you know, when you um get into training camp or whatnot, uh are you living at home? Are you in Walpole, like you know, in the parents' basement in the parents' garage <laughs> <arrives> or <laughs>
2: No, I did that I did that enough last year because I, I I'm in Kev's place and I'm staying here. I stayed here all last year too. So there was a couple uh, days I didn't make, I didn't feel like making the drive back from Providence, so I'd, I'd stay in Walpole. Um, and I'd like to say my mom cooked me home cooked dinners, but that's just not the case with them anymore. I think <laughs> she kind of retired from cooking, so we go go out to eat at like the Ravens Nest in Walpole or something. So yeah, they're like uh, now
0: you now you're buying. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> exactly. I still I still do the old leave the wallet in the car thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, or the alligators!
2: Yeah, I got. <laughs> And my dad just looked at me he's like, I'll get this one. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Can you talk about what it's like, uh, you know, playing for the hometown team? And I I, I think, like you said, like having guys like, uh, you know, other local guys around, obviously Charlie Coyle, Matt Grizzlick, guys like that, like, and, you know, you had Noel Achari and guys like that, uh, you know, originally. But, like, what's that experience like playing in the Boston Garden in the playoffs as a Boston kid?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's legitimately indescribable when, you know, when like coach eyes comes on by audio slave and like you're walking out of a tunnel and like everyone's waving the <laughs> the towels. It's, it's like, it's, it's out of this world. Like, I mean, uh, like I, you literally feel like you're floating around the ice during during those couple of laps. And, you know, even last year, like I didn't, I didn't know if I was ever going to get back or, um, or get to play in another playoff game, and to, like, be out there. I literally got on the bench and just sat there and just, just tried to soak it all in because it, it is so cool. Um, And you just think about watching the games you watched when you were, you know, younger, and you're like, wow, that, well, that looks unbelievable. I wish I could do that. And fortunately, I, I have been able to for the last five years. And, you know, you said it, UI. it's like the regular season games are cool, but the the playoffs is what what really makes it.
0: Do you think we can get MOTS to like be the flag wave of one one night?
2: Uh yeah, I have a couple hookups. Yeah, could you make that. a call? Can we yeah. make a call? <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to the PR guy tomorrow at Pine Hills.
1: Actually, a funny story, so my brother-in-law, Jeff Wilkinson, uh got the flag, you know, the, you know the the balcony like everyone has their own flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he got that for me and gave it to me, Um, you know, because I played in, in like, a handful of games, a couple of playoff games for the Bees. But I just got it out. It's all rolled up out in the garage. But, you know, we might have to fly it sometime. Maybe I'll just bring it to a a Bees game and
2: fly it myself. Put it it on your
0: cot for the alumni (laughs) golf tournament tomorrow, Mark. Let them know you're there. So
2: everybody knows who he is. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Instead of being like, yeah, you know, and – I apologize they have to play with me, but uh, my <laughs> no. name is Mike Motto. I have you know, handful of games.
2: Yeah, I, I do have a flag. <laughs> yeah, I got a flag. I need something.
0: <laughs> uh, can, you know, before we let you go, you want to talk about the upcoming year, and obviously it was a, a, a big kind of transitional year with the Bruins, obviously, you know, bringing in Jim Montgomery as the coach. Can you talk about him and obviously getting, you know, Critchie back and Bergeron and stuff like that, what the, what the vibes are like around the uh, Warrior practice facility?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little different for uh Berge and Crutch than me um, <laughs> trying to make the team. Uh, but no, Monty, you know, I've talked to a couple times, seems like a really down to earth guy. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk here around the ring, say hi. I, I don't know, feel like some guys are like kind of edgy about that if like the coach doesn't say hi to him or whatnot, but um, no, I, I mean, you, you kind of get to know him once you're in the fight with him, so um, we'll see how that goes, you know. first. Preseason game, but overall seems like a great guy. Um, Bergy and Cretch coming back is is awesome. Um, I don't know how Berge could have retired when the Selke and playing so well last year. But one of the most underrated, funny guys in the league by far, I think, is Cretchell for sure. You know, he brings an element to the locker room that, um, I, I mean, I wasn't around last year, obviously, that much, but I. I <laughs> assure you that he, he was missed in that way. Cause he, he is a, just is such a dry sense of humor. Um, he can crack anybody up. Um, and he's obviously, you know, a nasty hockey player too. So, um, uh, he'll, he's a big ad for sure. Um, and he'll be motivated too. Like, you know, it could be, you know, everyone says it every year, uh, I feel like in the media with the Bruins, I guess there's a last year for the window. Um, so for me, like I'd, I really want to be on the team because I think it's going to be a blast and I think we're going to be good. That's great
1: stuff. You had such a value add to, you know, like you said, you found your role early on, you know, like when you first got into pro hockey, you duplicate that role every shift and it's fun to watch, you know, as a Bruins fan, as a hockey fan, you know, you lay your body on the line every shift, blocking shots, getting in on the forecheck, finishing checks, I wouldn't have wanted to play against you. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, Thank oh you. here we go, kid. Oh, this guy's yeah. on the again coming after me.
0: That's I, why actually, we had I, him on the uh the, the the squad for the thin blue line cup a know, couple right? weeks ago, you know. We didn't want to deal with that.
2: Although I was nervous while she was gonna run me, even though I was sitting on the bench, he's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: so that's why they that's why they don't guys out against the scrubs.
2: <laughs> yeah seriously
1: and to your point about creche i was his roommate for a couple of road trips and his sense of humor and you know you think you know, he's he's jack he has kind of a you know some you know you think some language barrier issues or whatever but his sense of humor is off the charts and i'm glad yeah. that you brought that up he's a unbelievable guy unbelievable player he's going to make your your uh forward group deeper and uh, i'm happy to have him back as well as a fan so
0: um
1: we wish you the best of luck, my man, and we appreciate you taking the time.
2: Yeah, no problem. It was fun.
0: Yeah, thanks, Wags, and uh, good luck this year, buddy.
2: Thanks, and we'll see you at the Salon next year, if you are.
0: <laughs> hey, you get mots? just let me know. That'll be a tough matchup. <laughs> yeah, no, right. He'll definitely bring the flag for that one. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> He'll have it wrapped around him. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, like Jim Craig the, Jim yeah, exactly. at the <laughs> Olympics. <laughs>
0: Awesome. All right, brother. Hey, All right, Rick, thank you. Yeah. yeah, good luck, man. Yeah, no problem. Right. See ya. That interview was also brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devin and see if it makes sense for you. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put more money into savings or other projects check him out at chrisdebbin.com. Mots, that was a great interview with our buddy chris wagner obviously had a blast talking to him about some golf and and you know but it was it was really cool to um, you know learn about his process and growing up and going to college and what all that meant to to him and his family didn't you think yeah it, the interesting part of it
1: is that we've kind of had him in the queue for a year but he didn't really Ever want to talk I-
0: Ever since I gassed him on the course. No, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, so he's a competitor. So you you watch his game. He's a competitor. He wants to be F1. He wants to, you know, put it, knock his nose, like, right through yours. And I love that about him. So when you talk about losing on the golf course and, you know, you and Kenny were a good team. And, you know, like we talked about, it's like kind of like playing. He went in kind of like, hey, I'm just going to throw my club on the course and win you know instead of like really digging in and grinding like he should um so like it, it like he he was cut deep it was, it was yeah it was kind of cool to hear though how much uh he cared but um you know yeah the cool thing like you mentioned earlier about um that that emotion side of it when he got the call to get a four for four uh to college mm. and he was in the car with his dad and you know, you, know, you reference his mom as well, like how much sacrifice she uh, put in as well. But that was really cool because that's that's like a huge moment in, right. you, know, you know, like a, a player and a kid's life to be able to help your parents out on that level. And that was really cool to hear. So I, I really appreciate him sharing that story. And, yeah, know, he, he had a great path, you know, like he was a very good player. and But he knew his role. From an earlier age, and he mm-hmm. perfected it enough. Like he was a scorer enough in college, but he knew right when he got to pro that he was going to be a third, fourth liner, blocking shots, killing penalties. And he's perfected that role. And right. that's a very good message to kids, you know, to know their skill set and play their
0: role and be able to duplicate it. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Hopefully, um, you know, he's such a good guy, and, and I just, you know, we wish him the best of luck this year, obviously, with the with the Bruins, and I hope to see him bring that sandpaper to the lineup every, every night because that's what he does. He really is. He's, like, a Boston guy, and he's a, you know, he's a Boston Bruin. Like, he re- he, when you look at, like, he's a Bruin. Like, he's a guy that, you know, I love that advice from Jimmy Hayes. Like, he's, like, just, like, Dude, go do they're what you love you They're yeah. gonna love you. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Run somebody through the boards. Like they're gonna love you. You know what I mean? And that's that's what he does. So it was uh, it was awesome catching up with him. Um, thanks to uh, to Wags for coming on. Obviously, we moats um, a couple more things here. We got the um, my hockey rankings question of the week. Uh, longtime listener, first time emailer. I'm a new hockey dad with my U8 in his first year at five years old. His team here has already changed the practice schedule three times. He went from two practice days and a game day for an hour each day to one night for two hours. Tell me if I am crazy, but doesn't that seem like overdoing it in one night? He's five on a house league team, not a teenager on a travel team. I've already reached out to the team, but wanted some seasoned hockey dad's opinion. Uh that's from a Missouri hockey dad. What do you think, Mott? You know what? I mean,
1: I think you know, giving more ice is is one thing, but I mean you do have to keep it in perspective. What was it? a a U what?
0: So the kid's five years old. He's eight. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he's on a UA team, already changed practice schedule three times, went from two practice days and a game day uh for an hour each down to one night for two hours. So again like at at five, six, seven years old, like kids are gonna be junk on the ice after oh. like two hours. it makes no sense to me like yeah you, at
1: that age group, no, I would absolutely not because you know there's shiny things you don't yeah. it's very difficult to keep a uh, kid's attention, never mind for fifty minutes um yeah. as the kids get older, two hours is very uh valuable if you can do it only because you don't have to rush through things and you can. You know, work on, like, four checks. I was
2: going
0: to you know, say systems whatever. and things systems. like that. But they yeah, junk but... after 50 minutes. Junk. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, even, like, 33 minutes, I would <laughs> yeah.
0: say. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, shorten that up to 33 minutes, actually. <laughs> but, uh,
1: yeah, I, I I think that's a... Uh... Dude,
0: what... Dude, imagine being on the ice with kids five, six years old for two <laughs> straight hours. <laughs> that's hell. I know, that's... <laughs> That's dude, like that's, hurting, hurting that's cats. Horrible. Yeah. So like, I, I don't dude, know. They got to figure is, it out there in, in in Mizzou. Yeah. Well, like give, I mean, them, give uh, them two fifty minute cheats. You know what I mean? They're all uh, set. Like like in, on two different nights. Exactly. They're good. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Like, but that, that that two hour session is no bueno. It's awful. No, that,
1: that is no good. I I will say um actually. We were talking about UMass, uh, you
0: know, the tournament that we went Mm -hmm. went out to. Zoomass. Newmass. I'm sorry. It's not Zoomass. No,
1: hashtag Newmass. It's uh, Newmass now,
0: not Zoomass. It was Zoomass
1: when we were younger. Now it's Newmass. But, um, you know, a couple came up to me and actually we talked about, you know, what we have provided them, that they're like new hockey parents, not from a hockey, you know, kind of um, region. Yeah. Yeah. And uh it was really valuable to for them to hear some of our, you know, kind of listener, I mean, I'm sorry, our guests and some of the, you know, um, listeners mailbag questions and how they've dealt with some, certain things. So, I appreciate those uh that that couple coming up and and mentioning that they listen to the podcast and um, you know, appreciate the tune in, but it's kind of neat because there is, you know, like a a different um approach when you don't know like you have to lean on people like we knew growing up so right. these people were just saying like hey thank you because it, it is almost like a voice of reason so we appreciate you listening in and i just wanted to say a, a quick thank you to them
0: yeah no it's awesome and obviously that's a good question with you know my another good my hockey rankings question of the week obviously make sure you're uh updating your scores and getting your logins and, and all hooked up at my dot And like I said, I mean, Missouri, they got to figure it out out there. That's not, you know, two hours of ice at five, at, at, at any U eight. No, 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 bueno. um, Mots, I think that pretty much wraps it up. You got anything, you got anything more for us?
1: Um, no, I mean, I'm going to be with, uh, our boy Andy Erickson over the weekend. Um, Trying to uh, win a championship, he like he wants to get his name up on the wall. So it's a two day tournament, and we're gonna try and work our magic. But well, uh, you two
0: have played in enough tournaments. I mean, you should just at I least know. get like get enough get a participation. Like uh, just, they should just make a a trophy after you guys or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. Most it, tourneys played
1: <laughs> played without winning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Participate, dude. You know what? Actually, maybe we'll get you guys medals, participation medals or something. Everybody gets a trophy
1: yeah imagine um that's going in the trash if you do that <laughs> but i i definitely uh i'm excited we're uh you know fall balls you know kind of like the season's closing closing down for golf but uh we had a great day uh i'm looking forward to uh playing with my buddy and keep you updated on that uh and then we got some games over the weekend and uh i'm just just getting back into like this real grind of the hockey season which is yeah. going to be so super exciting Uh, One thing I will say, like, we had practice last night with the girls, and they did an awesome job, like, at just these drills. Like, they're surprising me more and more about what their execution is, you know, their level of execution on a drill and the level of, you know, um, comprehension. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep pushing the envelope, and we could pump that uh, I'm able to do that with the girls. So That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of stuff, uh, exciting stuff, over the next week. So, good. We'll see, good. We'll see how things uh, shake out over the
0: weekend. I'll let you know. Yeah, right. You could be throwing a clipboard across the ice later on the weekend. You never know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I'll, I'll
1: throw a flag on myself. Exactly.
0: Uh, well, good stuff. Obviously, best of luck to you guys in the uh, in the tourney this weekend, and uh, hopefully, we can get out soon with Andy. He uh, he actually texted me the other day, so that'll be uh that'll be a fun one I'd love going and uh, and playing with you guys so we'll uh we'll have to set it up and uh I think that pretty much wraps it in once you know wraps it up I'm sorry thanks again to everybody make sure you uh you know for listening make sure you like and subscribe and all that stuff and rate review you know hit us up on instagram Twitter all that the uh, you know next week's a uh, a mailbag episode so I know that the questions are already piling up yep. they're already there's already a, a lot that are coming in it's the start yeah, of the, the season. season exactly yeah you can see the the, the comments on all the Instagrams <laughs> and things like that I just uh, everybody's kind of you know kicking we're, we're in the we're in the in the thick of it right away and it's a good time so uh, I think it's about time we wrap it up and time to cue the ring shrink shuffle.